Hello, this is Anne, the Multimedia Director of Kearney First United Methodist Church, and you're listening to our Sunday Morning Sermon Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and uplifted as you listen to this sermon. Thank you for turning in. Let us pray. God, you speak to us as we read Scripture. Send your Holy Spirit to open our ears, hearts, and minds so we may hear your message for us today. Amen. Today's scripture reading comes from 2 Corinthians verse 9, chapter 6 through 7 and Acts 20, verse 35. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give not reluctant or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So this is... uh, the penultimate sermon on a visible faith in which we're engaging with art and scripture and our lives and seeking to uh, uh, know God more and know who God calls us to be more fully through the conversation between scripture and art and our lives and tradition. Uh, So uh, this week, uh, Pastor Sungway, you wanted us to talk about cranes, uh, and uh, I think it's really cute that uh, he scheduled this and then scheduled himself to be at Callaway today, uh, and I'm grateful for him. Next week, we will uh, be looking at a, a Greek Orthodox icon uh, called the Christ Pantocrator. Uh, so if you're like Googling, you're like, wonder what he's going to say about that. Well, uh, that'll be a fun experiment for us together, but let's pray. Holy Spirit, breathe in me and breathe in us that together as we hold uh, in conversation our lives, a scripture, and the sandhills cranes, that we may discover something of you and us this day. Through Jesus we pray. Amen. Now, I learned very quickly and abruptly that I needed to learn much more about Sandhills Cranes. Not for this sermon series, that, this was, that's true too, uh, and earlier. Uh, I served on a conference committee uh, in which uh, we would uh, share meals together. Uh, I try and keep my head down most of the time and yet uh, managed to be seated beside the bishop at the time. Uh, and every conversation uh, felt like it was not just small talk. Uh, so uh, he's talking along and he's asking questions and he says, Matt, you're living in Grand Island. It's about time for those cranes to come through, isn't it? Um, uh, mm, uh, I had no idea. And so I said, well, Bishop, I think they are going to come pretty soon. <laughs> it was January, so I wasn't totally wrong, but like soon in the realm of the cosmos could have been an argument too. 
Uh, and so I went home and uh, I, I told Sarah, Sarah, we have to look up about these cranes and we have to go see them because the bishop asked about them. So we did. We drove to go see the cranes, and it was a majestic sight to see these 500,000 or a million, depending on your website counting, uh, cranes flying through and landing near the fields and the river. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was amazing. And it's not just their migratory patterns and that they all flock here that is fascinating to me. Uh, it's also fascinating to me what these cranes do to people. Uh, I mean, you have lived here longer than I have in most cases, and so you might know that there are like bird people that will come to this region just to see the cranes. And that's fascinating and wonderful. And uh, what's so interesting is that, I mean, they're here for this little part of the year. And then they're gone. And yet they have a tremendous impact. Uh, and the ways that they draw people together and the ways that they change people, I mean, we on the Visit Kearney website are the crane capital of the world. The cranes are on the, the Kearney websites and the Kearney parks uh, trucks that I see going around to all the city offices. It's, it's a symbol that has somehow united us, and they're here for this length of time. And at that, I, I've about exhausted my crane knowledge but artist and congregation member Cheryl Hickman has some more to say about cranes by video. I'm Cheryl Hickman. Uh, Pastor Yu has asked me to talk about my artwork, uh, being an artist. He came to my house this last week and saw some of my sandhill crane paintings and he wanted me to talk about him and tell my story. So 20 years ago, after I had esophageal cancer, actually didn't know if I was gonna survive, I got thinking I had a lot of paintings I wanted to do. God had given me a creative mind and I thought, always thought I was too busy with family and working to sit down and paint. I never got an art degree. I thought God was my instructor and he gave us beautiful sunsets and the nature and trees and flowers. I love to paint flowers and it was a therapy for me. When we moved to Kearney about 14 years ago, I got interested in the cranes and I don't like to paint anything without doing study about what I'm painting. So I did research on them. I went out to the Platte River and heard them lift up in the morning and come in in the evening and their song. And everyone said how spiritual it was. And after I heard them, I understood it. It was comparable to the music we hear in church. It makes your heart feel good. And then I studied about the cranes. I wanted to paint them like God created them their feathers on their wings, how long their wings are so they could migrate and fly, and how they mated for life. And they taught their babies how to migrate. I learned 
all about their long legs so they could stand in the flat. I appreciate the generosity of God, what he has given us, and how I appreciate him giving me a creative mind so I can express myself. I'm going to bring up some of my crane paintings uh, to have them in the church to go along with this month of art and the generosity of God. So I just am telling this story so you take time to appreciate what God has given us. He has given us so much and sometimes it's in the smallest things. So um, I just wanted to share my views on artwork. Everyone has a something God has given them. So thank you. So I offer my thanks to Cheryl for sharing that testimony and sharing her artwork. Uh, and she wanted us to know that if uh, you can write checks to the church for that artwork. Uh, she's doing that as a sort of fundraiser for the church. Uh, so there are some pieces that are still in the, in the narthex. Uh, and originally we had thought that we were thinking about the cranes as a metaphor for the journeys of our lives, that uh, we journey along and uh, that we create partnership uh, and then uh, we pass through different places and seasons of our lives. Uh, and yet, I, I think Cheryl leads us into a more meaningful connection with the scriptures that Nate read. Uh, and so let's explore that together briefly. Because uh, Paul is an apostle to the Gentiles and travels throughout the Mediterranean region uh, seeking to spread the gospel. Uh, but in the first reading from 2 Corinthians, it's part of uh, two chapters that are really a letter within a letter. It's Paul's fundraising letter in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. And it's a fascinating article with many points in it. And yet what he's really saying is, we you remember, hey church, remember, I came and talked to you already about this. 1 Corinthians 16 tells us that. Uh, and we're raising funds for uh, the poor and the church in Jerusalem, the church that has started us all and moved us along on this journey. In 1 Corinthians 16, he gives them instructions about how to go about this offering. The first of every week, take some of your income or some of what you own and set it aside so that when I come again, he says, you'll be ready and you won't have to do fundraising uh, and so that we can respond to God's grace by supporting those in Jerusalem, the church in Jerusalem. And then in the second reading, it happens later in Paul's life, but Paul is on another missionary journey and has left Ephesus already, and he's traveled south, and he's in the town of Miletus, uh, and he calls the Ephesians, uh, Ephesian church's leaders to him. Uh, and he knows that he's going to Jerusalem and that he'll experience trouble in, there in Jerusalem. Uh, and so he, quote, gives the leaders of Ephesus over to God. And he gives them over to God as uh, so, uh, reminding them that God in Christ is saving them and the Holy, through the Holy Spirit is sanctifying them uh, for faithful living. And that this, this life is like having an inheritance with God through Christ, uh, he says. Uh, but then he says, and take care of the weak. 
which is uh, reminiscent of this charge that Peter uh, says to Paul that he writes in Galatians 2. Don't forget the poor in the church in Jerusalem. And then Paul closes uh, this instruction to take care of the weak and give over these leaders of Ephesians to, God, uh, to God's service uh, by saying, reminding them of a saying of Jesus that is recorded nowhere in the Gospels. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, It does simplify this passage or, or these passages, and yet I think what we see is that Paul and Cheryl are really doing something similar. Because Cheryl told about how she had known that she had a creative mind, and then she experienced this diagnosis and treatment, and that shifted her focus, and uh, she had uh, a new sense of thanksgiving for life and a new uh, sense of calling to use the gifts that she had been given to continue to give thanks to God who had given them and to bless others. And so uh, she lived with this sense of urgency and gratitude of seeing in the created world a God who uh, blessed her with gifts and blesses all with different gifts and blesses through the creative process of making things wonderful and mysterious and beautiful. And she sought to share it. Uh, and Paul does a similar sort of thing. If we simplify all of Paul's letters, then the main thing that he's uh, going about saying and writing is that God has done a tremendous thing in Jesus. In his life, in his death, and his resurrection, God has done a tremendous thing in showing us that God is present with us and, that in, and is in the process of saving us, freeing us from sin and death and freeing us for lives of purpose and meaning in connection with God. This is Paul's good news message that he continues to write through and uh, share and preach. And then he says, and in response to this, let us give thanks. And in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, and don't forget, let's take care of others. Let's let these blessings spread. So we hear the same sort of message running across both Paul and Cheryl's testimony. And this then becomes our testimony. But uh, admittedly, the astute among us would say, well, if this is Paul's fundraising letter within the letter, uh, and he's talking about taking up a collection. When are you going to talk about money, Pastor? And you're not wrong. And yet, that's only part of it. Because I think at its core, we have to hold that there's these things in tension within this letter. Yes, Paul is writing a fundraising letter to uh, support the connectional church, the church in Jerusalem, and the weak and poor who are among them. Uh, and so that does include the financial things that we can control, which uh, Paul might have called gifts. And yet, and that's similar uh, to the way we experience life together as church. 
So we give financially through the church to Christ's mission uh, because that's the framework through which we do ministry and mission together. So those things are valid. And yet, I do also think that Paul doesn't have that narrow focus. So always, I think Paul and Cheryl are right that ultimately these passages and our lives are uh, intended to cultivate the vision of God's blessing. Paul writes, and that blessing is particularly Jesus and the Spirit. Uh, And Cheryl says it's also in the way God creates and works and gives gifts. But uh, together, uh, these uh, help us to see that our lives are meant to cultivate a vision for God's activity and blessing and saving work in our lives through Jesus and the Spirit and through the many and various ways that God gives us gifts. Our lives are to see blessing and then to respond First, with a sense of thanksgiving, praise God from whom all blessings flow. We have been incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation by water and the Spirit. We are being made new. Praise God. And Cheryl talks about that praise in the sense of an act of painting and an act of awareness. And then we respond not just with praise and thanksgiving, but with lives that become our praise and thanksgiving. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says that that's our true spiritual worship through which we praise God, our transformed lives, blessing others. So Cheryl talks about it as painting and sharing this vision. Paul talks about it, particularly in this case, in taking up a financial collection. But in all the ways that we can imagine, we can live with the vision of God's good news at work in our lives in response with thanksgiving and casting out that thanksgiving in blessing for others. Now Cheryl sees that Uh, primarily through cranes and through painting. And that's the gift of an artist. But one of the ways that I see this at work in my life is uh, around the table. Uh, So uh, we uh, were in ministry partners with uh, another ministry uh, for a season of our lives. And uh, the leaders of that ministry would uh, regularly, I mean, at least once a month, maybe more, have uh, church meals. And they'd invite the whole church, which makes me very anxious. Uh, And sometimes they'd do it uh, at the church, the Fellowship Hall. Sometimes they'd do it at somebody else's house. And they'd invite me, and I would always be a little worried, like, well, did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? And what do you need me to bring? And they'd say, Pastor, we got it. And so I'd show up. And I soon realized that I didn't ever have to worry. And it was just amazing, nothing short of amazing, how they gathered a spread of simple but beautiful Chilean food and fed all of us together. We had cake, and we had fresh-baked bread, and rice, and beans, and it was a way of gathering together that uh, extended 
blessing. And it cultivated a sense of thanksgiving and connection. So when I think about uh, Paul's call for us to be a people of vision who see God at work and then respond with thanksgiving and then transform that thanksgiving into blessing, I think about the table. So perhaps we have different ways that we think about that, which are all worth exploring for us. But what I uh, really experienced among the just beauty, um, in in addition to the beauty of just sharing those meals, was that seeing them do it and inviting me was a way that the Holy Spirit opened my heart and my life uh, and said, oh, that's what generosity and thanksgiving and community look like. For me, that was a challenge because I am, uh, I don't know if you all struggle with this ever, ever, but I sometimes want to hold on tightly to things. For example, uh, Sarah accused me yesterday of buying the, a specific type of cereal that only I like so that no one else will take it. Uh, And we have uh, discovered multiple places in our home to store the favorite uh, snacks so that they don't all go disappearing at once. I don't know if any of y'all do this, but I am one that struggles with wanting to hold on tightly to things. uh, And yet when I saw those meals, uh, people gathered together, none of us uh, wealthy, and yet all of us experience abundance, opening their hands, opening their hearts, opening their fridges, opening their homes, and opening their lives to community through which God works. I saw the way God was opening my heart to a, a new appreciation and aspiration for generosity to be a person who sees that God is indeed blessing all people through the Spirit for the good of all and is shaping us, shaping me, to be a person of gratitude and praise and to seek to partner with the Holy Spirit to grow into a person of blessing. Cheryl and the Cranes Help us see what Paul is calling us to see about ourselves. That God has done all the work to save and to bless and to make new us and the world. And that we live then in response with praise and thanksgiving and we transform by the Holy Spirit's power that thanksgiving into blessing. May it be so today and each day. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you have found the topics mentioned today to be thought-provoking and meaningful. For more information about our church, ministries, and upcoming events, check out our website at carneyfirstumc.org. If you'd like to join us on Sunday in person or on live stream, our traditional services are at 8.15 and 11 a.m. and our modern service is at 9.30 a.m. We look forward to seeing you next week. And until then, go in peace and may God bless you.